Hello and good morning. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Congratulations on 150 years of this gigantic book. Thank you so much. We're excited about it. There's one thing I want to bring up, and it's only because as you could travel across the country, uh, different people have different ways of pronouncing things. Like, for instance, up in Montana, it's the poinsettia, but here in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's the poinsettia. Now, is it the almanac or the almanac? I mean, there's different ways of saying it. You know, I think I actually switch back and forth unconsciously sometimes. <laughs> so I, I don't know that there's an authoritative way. I would say, however, it feels good, it feels right, you should lean into that. Well, there, there's so much information in here. And one of the things I really want to point out to listeners is that when they sit down to do their studying for the 2024 elections, this is a great book for study. Yeah, you know, when we were looking at the uh, putting together the election preview for the World Almanac this year, we wanted to make sure that it was still going to be a great tool when the cycle officially kicks off in 2024. So we've got profiles of all the candidates. We've got uh, presidential candidate fundraising numbers, which, you know, is obviously a crucial part of things in this day and age, especially. We've also got a new primary calendar, a new primary and caucus schedule. A lot of shifting in those dates yeah. this year, um, more so than in other years. We want to make sure no one you know, misses their date at the poll. <laughs> That's a, a very important thing. So we, we've got all of those tools in the World Almanac Selection Preview for people to to make use of in 2024. What's really interesting about this book is the fact that you guys pay attention. I mean, you guys have got, your continuity has got to be spot on. Yeah, you know, keeping track of everything that goes on every year and making sure that we can incorporate it somehow is kind of a, a 365-day-a-year job. You know, we, we are talking about the World Almanac and Book of Facts 2024 today, but we're already sort of, you know, starting to pay attention to things and think about what is going to be in the World Almanac and Book of Facts 2025. Yep. So it's definitely something that we're always paying attention to. And, you know, throughout the year, whether it's via email or, uh, you know, an emergent text that comes up at the most <laughs> inconvenient time, uh, the editors are always messaging me and making sure that, you know, they're making notes on their specific subject and making sure that we're keeping track of the things that absolutely need to be included. When I was in school, the the Almanac was the, the, the thing to have. You, We had to have this because our, our teachers put us in these books to learn new things. Are students still using a book like this inside their classrooms? Absolutely. So I think the World Almanac can be used in classrooms in a number of ways. I know that some teachers like to use it as background research, um, especially if they don't always want to send a kid to a computer or a device to, to look something mm -hmm. up or let them let them exit the, the screen that they're supposed to be paying attention to because you never know when you might get it back. Um, I think it also is used in the, in the classroom as, you know, a sort of place to discover things that you might not think to look up online. You know, you can flip to a random page in the yeah. World Almanac and find something that you might not have thought to Google, to put into that search bar, to look up on your own. And because it's the World Almanac, because we list all of our sources right there, we've got you covered if you find something in there and you'd like to do further research. You can go to our source, can check the information out for yourself from that, that direct primary source. And it's just one more way that students of all ages can really engage in the information that we provide. You really dig in deep on many subjects. For instance, our love for being up in space again. So people want to know more about aviation history. You've got it. You've also got astronomy for those that want to read the stars. 
Absolutely. And, you know, looking ahead to 2024, there's a really cool solar eclipse that's going to happen Mm -hmm. in April that just about everyone in North America is going to be able to see. You know, that's the kind of thing you can find a calendar for in the World Almanac and, you know, look where your you know, specific location might be best viewing for the what time the eclipse might be best viewed. This is the kind of stuff that we're always keeping an eye on, making sure that people are aware of and uh, have the best resource for in the upcoming year. Was there anything new that you, you planted inside these pages this year? Oh, my gosh, so much new in every <laughs> section. You could literally go down the table of content contents and we could review all of the new information to each of them. But, you know, I think what's really interesting um, that we talked about a lot and had a lot of trouble deciding on for the World Almanac 2024 was what to do about the coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. You know, technically the public health emergency is over. Um, in, In previous years, we had had like a special section of data that you know reviewed the numbers that looked at it from a world perspective and from more local perspectives but because the public health emergency has ended the data collection has changed and rather than you know put in data that wasn't necessarily comparable to what has been there in the past we decided to take a broader view and to look at you know other areas of our lives that have been impacted and continue to be in, impacted by this major you know global event so we have things like information on public school students and how their achievement has changed. Um, lots of lots of kids still falling behind yeah. on their assessments compared to pre-pandemic levels. Things like tourism numbers. You know, a lot of countries and cities in the world really rely on, on tourists to be there. And for a couple of years, they just weren't. So looking at whether those places are rebounding or not. And that's just two examples of of different ways that we've been able to reflect the changing world in ways that you might not have necessarily expected when you're just thinking about, well, what's going on with the <laughs> coronavirus pandemic? See, it's, it's a book of conversation starting is what it is. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at I didn't even know this even existed and, and looking at the top selling artists of all time. I had no clue that Drake is at number one. I knew he was big, but I didn't think he was at number one. On those digital sales charts. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many new ways to look at these kinds of numbers now. It used to always be album sales, maybe billboard uh, chart rankings. Now we're looking at digital sales. We're looking at streaming numbers. And that's true across all of media. You know, our arts and media section probably has changed more than any other chapter since I started working at the World Almanac, just because the way that we access, you know, the art that we love has changed so much. So, yes, there is information about, you know, conventional TV ratings and top grossing movies, but we also have ratings for streaming movies and Mm -hmm. streaming Mm -hmm. uh, TV shows. All of that stuff gets added and, and becomes a really great resource for what people are actually talking about and engaging with in as things evolve um, along the way. Yeah, and you even have a thing in here about the highest rated syndicated programs. Look at number two, Wheel of Fortune. That darn Ryan Seacrest is headed to a big show. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> he can do no wrong. <laughs> there should be a whole entire section here just on Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll find that actually in our, our year in pictures, there is a picture of Ryan Seacrest <laughs> because he's taking over Wheel of Fortune next yeah. year. But a big change for, you know, that's the kind of habit that people have had for 30 plus years. People have been watching that show with that Pajak. Do you have a favorite section in the book? 
That's something that's really always been fun for me. I really enjoy working on sections like the offbeat news stories, which are also like a little bit lighter than some of the more serious topics we cover. I love working on the sports section, (laughs) even though I'm not necessarily the biggest sports fan in the world. I love to see those like top 10 lists and who the leaders were, that kind of thing. Um, I just think it's a really great great resource if you're curious about the world you're going to find a little a little bit about everything in the world almanac wow where can people go to find out more information about everything that you guys do because you're so involved so the world almanac is available wherever books are sold we've got the paperback version which most people are familiar with we've got the hardcover version which is bigger and looks great on a coffee table but definitely not as portable as the paperback and then on the even more portable side, we've got our ebook version. Yeah. So you can actually download that to your device, turn it into a searchable resource, as well as something that you can flip through and take it with you wherever you're going, whether you've got your iPad or your Kindle, Nook Reader, what have you. <laughs> we've got you covered on all of these fronts. Well, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, thank you so much. I would love to do that. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Thank you so much. Have a great day.